Hello, everybody, and welcome to season two of the podcast, which is no longer called the Creative Manifestation Podcast, but Creativity Lives Here. I decided to change the name because I had actually wanted to call this podcast Creative Conversations. Um, pretty much from the very beginning that I decided that I wanted to make a podcast, I had always really loved that name, but then I found out that that name was already taken. There's like five other podcasts that are called Creative Conversations, and I did a little bit of research, and a lot of the advice out there says that it's not a great idea to use a podcast name that's already been taken. So in this case, I decided to make the responsible choice and use a name that hadn't been taken already. But somehow the, the name, The Creative Manifestation Podcast, never fully resonated with me. And I decided to just go ahead and use that initially because I really wanted to move forward with just getting this project off the ground and I didn't want to spend too much time, you know, laboring over the name. But then I decided that the break between season one and season two was the perfect time to reflect and come up with a new name. And I decided on creativity lives here, which I really love because I wanted to open the conversations up on the show and I didn't want to just limit them to what people had manifested creatively in their lives. Um, but I wanted to talk about other things creativity related to. So even though we are still going to be talking about creative manifestation, the conversations are just going to be opened up. And I just wanted to give this podcast and the interviews some space to breathe and play. And I felt like changing the name would be a piece of that. So that's just a little bit of background information there. Um, before we dive into talking a little bit more about what's in store for today's episode, I also just wanted to take a moment and just say another thank you, which I think I said thank you during my last um, episode when I did a solo cast to wrap up season one. I just wanted to say thank you to all of you again, say thank you to the listeners and also the people who have written me such sweet and supportive and enthusiastic messages sharing how they're enjoying the show and they're excited for season two and it just really warms my heart. So thank you. And also, this is a good opportunity for me to say that if you would like to support the show, the best way of doing that right now is just going over to iTunes and rating and reviewing the show. That really helps me so much and really helps to get the word out there for this podcast. So that would be really awesome and would mean a lot to me as well. So season two, I have some really amazing 
conversations and episodes in store for you. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been fine-tuning my guest list. I've been um, sketching out some ideas for solo casts. And it's just been really beautiful. It's been a really beautiful process. And it's reminded me of how creative creations, I was going to say create, yeah, creative creations or creative projects are really this living and breathing thing. And, and they're constantly evolving, especially something like a podcast or a YouTube channel where you're constantly creating new episodes and new content and you have new ideas and inspirations for what you can do with a project it's just so cool to experience the evolution of a project like that. And I'm experiencing that evolution now with this podcast. And I can already share that if you enjoyed season one and you found those episodes inspiring, I feel like season two is going to be even more inspiring. Definitely equally so. And I feel in my heart that it's going to be even more inspiring. So I'm really looking forward to sharing it with all of you. Starting with today's conversation, which is with a really inspiring human being called Gianmarco Marinello, who is a social entrepreneur, an innovator, and the founder of the social startup Nainami. Nainami is based in Nairobi, Kenya. And it gives disadvantaged youths of the Matari slum an opportunity to use their street skills and life stories to become storyteller guides who give tourists an opportunity to experience Nairobi through the eyes of a street child on an intimate walking tour through the city center. And what's really cool about this project is that all of the youth involved with Nainami now have a job and earn a regular income and live a life free of crime. Nainami won the Traveler's Choice Award in 2020 by Viator and is rated as the number one tour in Nairobi on TripAdvisor. And in March 2019, Nainami was handed over to the youths who now own and successfully run this profitable business themselves. And as you can imagine, as a result of the COVID-19 restrictions, Nainami has had to completely shift its business model because Nairobi is no longer receiving tourists and um, they're no longer able to give their walking tours in person. So now they've shifted this experience into an online experience, which gives anybody in the world an opportunity to experience this tour, which is really cool. And I highly encourage you to check it out. I'm going to leave all of that information down in the show notes. So that's what Nainami is all about, which was created by our guest today, John Marco. And overall, today's conversation is 
just really amazing and encouraging for anybody who feels like they're struggling to find their place in the world, regardless of whether you're interested in becoming a social entrepreneur or something else. I feel like this conversation is really relevant to anybody. And some of the things that we're going to be talking about are transforming your weaknesses into strengths, how you can make a positive difference in the world, and the difference between purpose and passion. Overall, John Marco is such an inspiring and generous individual, and he's all about empowering and supporting others. And I feel like you're really going to pick up on that energy today when you listen to today's conversation. So I'm so looking forward to you enjoying it. And one last thing I'd like to mention before we dive in is that I know that you guys are all pretty international, but if you happen to be in Zurich, Switzerland next week on Thursday, November 19th, 2020, John Marco will be leading a three-hour seminar all about social entrepreneurship and how you can go about making a real difference on the planet. Now, the seminar will be in German, but I do know that I have some bilingual listeners and some listeners who are based in Switzerland. So if you're interested in checking that out, I'm also going to leave all the information for that in the show notes. So that's it for me today. I so look forward to sharing this first episode of season two with you. Let's dive in. So I just want to begin this conversation by saying how honored I am to have you on the show, because I remember when I first met you, I was so inspired by your journey and what you're creating in the world. And I feel it's such a joy to share your story and your insights with the listeners today. Thank you very much. Yeah, really appreciate this. Also, the opportunity you are giving to me to to showcase uh, also the business uh, which should support the guys eventually. Yes, and we're definitely going to get into all of that. Yeah, so I want to begin by actually just hearing in your own words how you got to where you are today. And um, don't feel free to talk as long as you want because I know you have quite a story. Where am I today? So it's a good question. I'm in the middle of my journey still. This is how it feels like. And I haven't reached anywhere yet. So I'm just in the still in the middle of the road. And I've seen some things when I look back, but still I've no idea where this road will lead me. Um, this is the current feeling I have. Um, but how... I got where I am now today is actually by just trying out new things, um, being resilient, being patient, and always believing that there will be the right spot for me somewhere along this journey, along this road. And I'm not giving up uh, until I found this spot. And basically what I did, um, I, st I will start my journey after I finished my studies because this is, I'm this type of person, I just enjoyed life, let's put it this way, 
until <laughs> I finished my studies. And then, yeah, the serious part of life starts because then you have to find your real first job. You have to start your career. You have to find out what to do, where you belong. And this is actually where it really started. And I studied psychology and I did, that's what I'm saying. It was just for fun because I just chose this subject it, because I was always interested in human beings. I'm a very people-focused person in general. So it just, was just the interest in the subject. But then after I finished, I had no clue which profession I should focus on now. And um, my adventurous side and my eager to learn new things led me to the private sector. So I wanted to try out something completely new, um, which has nothing to do with psychology. So I just started working for a bank as an account manager for institutional clients. And my goal was to learn, to, to develop further. And um, I was inspired by my friends. They studied economics. They started working in banks. So I said to myself, okay, you can do this too. You don't have to become a psychologist. And then it started. So I, I kept on changing roles, employers, environments uh, at least once a year. And um, until I ended up as a business analyst for a metal recycling company in uh, the uh, controlling department and then I noticed hey this has <laughs> nothing to do with me anymore I studied psychology I was interested in the subject I'm a, a people focused person I don't I didn't like this environment there at all and then I noticed I, re I realized that something is going wrong um, and this was really um, there I knew I now I have to change something now I have to really look back and and really get back on track because I lost my path. And then I came across um, the Stettnitz Life Design Coaching, which I did. It's a career counseling, um, 360 degrees career counseling. And this is the best thing I've ever done in my life because what happened there was um, this this counseling um, showed me my blind spot. And actually what I, what I learned in the private sector um, was working, or I was always busy with analytical and conceptual tasks. And I really enjoyed this type of work. I really liked doing such tasks, but what was always missing was the, was, uh, people, the people focus I had. And, um, this blind, she, she actually brought me back on track, this counseling. And she said, okay, maybe you should combine this, the analytical task, the conceptual work with your people focus. And this you can most probably find in the social sector. And then um, it was like a, a light bulb uh, said, oh, the social sector. I forgot about the social sector. I studied psychology, but how could I forget about the social sector? And especially nowadays, social sector, um, isn't, it's, it's quite big. It goes from the NGO area until to, I don't know, to social entrepreneurship. And um, then I became really curious about it. And then um, I started 
with my research. I extended my network. I approached people working in the social sector, different profiles, people working for NGOs, people being self-employed, um, old people, young people, so that I get a whole overview about this whole social sector. And I was patient. I really took my time. And at this time, I was working still in the private sector, uh, but I, uh, I took a step back. So it was an easy job that I can focus. It will pay my bills. It, it paid my bills, but I could focus on my research in the meantime. And um, until I came across um, Amani Institute in Kenya, in Nairobi, which is the capital of Kenya, and they offered a, a program uh, to do a postgraduate certificate in social innovation. And then I knew, hey, this is... Uh, exactly the right thing for me. It's an education. I can um, do this abroad in a very interesting place um, in Nairobi, in a big city with slums, because I wanted to do something with young people, with disadvantaged people. And uh, in Nairobi, you have these slums with a lot of disadvantaged youth. So I knew I can combine everything. I will be in class. I will be learning something new. I will do a further education in a topic I'm very much interested in, social innovation. And I can do it with people. And it will guide me into the social sector. And uh, um, then I went there. And what happened there was uh, I eventually founded a social enterprise with together with um, youth from slums in Nairobi. And I built this social enterprise during three years with them. And it's very successful It, it for them. It, the, the goal is to give them a job, an income, and a future in life. And I was able to hand it over to them, and they run it and own it now by themselves. And this is where I am today. Amazing. Maybe my journey goes a bit further. Um, you want to keep, yeah, keep sharing. And after I handed it over to these guys, I, I came back to Switzerland. And again, I started from scratch, reinventing myself. Um, I'm now working um, in HR for an insurance. I'm working for a tech startup in, um, in the role of business development and I'm still involved as an advisor for this social enterprise in Kenya, but it's still run by the youth themselves. I'm still acting in the background. The first question I have actually related to all of that, just so everybody is really clear, in, in your words, how would you describe a social entrepreneur? Like, what exactly is that from your perspective? A social entrepreneur is nothing else. Um, than an entrepreneur, but the, the in, uh, main motivation is to um, create social impact. That's the intention of the business, the intention of the the of the enterprise. Um, and there are many different definitions of this term, but this is just my personal definition. If the intention is to make profit for the um, shareholders or the owners, then it's not a social enterprise, then it's an enterprise. If the main intention of the business model is to create social impact, then it's a social um, enterprise. 
That's my feel, personal definition. No, I love that definition. And I feel like that's definitely what you've accomplished with Nainami. Thank you very much. So to, to give you an example with Nainami, it would be an enterprise if we would bring down costs to the minimum. And we could do this by having um, one guide for a group of 10 people. But we are actually trying to hire as many guides as possible because we want to give as many youth as possible a job. And this is, that's a, it's a very good example to see the difference. A normal business and enterprise would try to cut costs by um, fire people or at least uh, be most efficient with um, less stuff, but we do the opposite. We want to create jobs and every pro the profit we make will be reinvested into hiring people. I'd love to actually go a little bit deeper and hear more about what the process of creating Nainami looked like for you, especially, um, I mean, how were you able to connect with these disadvantaged youths? Because even though you were in Nairobi, um, going into a slum, that's still a completely different world. So how were you able to um, go into that world and build those relationships? Um, I'd love to hear more about that. That's um, a lot of people ask me um, a similar question. How did you meet these guys? Yeah. And for me, um, interestingly, this is a very um, boring question for me personally, because for <laughs> me, it's normal. Mm. And it took me a while to realize, oh, for most people, it's not. And um, so then I looked into this and how can I put this? Maybe it's my people focus. So along my journey, I'm used to 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 change environments like i mean i say environments i'm i'm able to adapt everywhere um so i can work in a bank in a suit in a tie but i can also survive in a slum so i'm very adaptable and i found out only this is hindsight now so i i was not aware of this and the what what makes it that the reason why i'm so adaptable or what or what makes me adaptable is i'm very much interested in the people of such an environment and i think people notice this they realize so i'm asking a lot of questions when i meet a new person i ask a lot of questions when I go into a new environment because I'm so much interested. I want to know everything. And I'm meeting these people, everyone on an eye level. So I'm not looking down on them. I'm not looking up to them. I'm naturally interested in everything. And I guess that people notice this and then they, are, they feel somehow, I don't know, connected. And then they open up. And... Um, with youth from slums in Nairobi, I mean, this is really hard. This was also hard for me because it takes a long time. They are very skeptical for good reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to gain their trust first. But for me, it was never a, a task to gain their trust. It, I knew it would automatically happen because I will, I will 
meet them on an eye level and I show real interests in who they are and in their life. And this eventually built this trust between their world, them and me and my world. I think also something that you, or an approach that you take, which I find really powerful is this whole idea of transforming weaknesses into strengths. So you don't look at people's weaknesses as something to be dismissed and gotten and something that should, you know, that we should get rid of, but rather how can I turn this into a strength? And one of the videos I watched on your website, you talk about transforming street skills into formal skills, which I thought was just such a powerful idea. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, um, that's um, that's a good example. That's the core of what I built with, with mm -hmm. Nainami. And um, so what we basically do is we transform the street skills and the life story of these youth who were uh, who raised themselves as street children on the streets of Nairobi. Um, we, we transform their street skills into a positive activity um, because what they they use these street skills to do crime to to survive on the streets which is uh, it starts with begging but then of course it's hustling stealing in the end doing robberies so it's really a criminal career and um but you can also look at it in a very neutral way so the 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 core of Nainami is you are you are okay the way you are because you are just you are who you are in 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 the present there is nothing you can change you have your past and now we are in the present you are who you are and that's okay what you have to do is if you have weaknesses um they might be also your strength and in the case of 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 criminal street kids and youth from slums it's their street skills and life story and they can be transformed into a positive value so they can be used to officially create value for society and that's the innovation part of of nainami so we were able to shift these um, street skills which were used in a negative way to do crime to use the same skills to 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 do something positive create value as a storyteller guide and the nainami impact for the world is basically you you if street skills from nairobi can do this then everybody else can do it too because nobody has such a bad start in life um, like street children from Nairobi. It's like really worst of the worst. No education, no food, um, no perspective in life, no job, dangerous environment. Like really it's, it's the worst environment to grow up from an early age. And they made it so everybody else can do it too. Wow, I, I feel that that is so immensely powerful and inspiring for anybody to hear. Um, yeah, I, I, I just so love that. And I feel like it also relates to the creative process because 
think there too, if we can look at it in terms of how can we transform our weaknesses into strength, that's a whole other approach. Exactly. So what I um, I noticed, it's not always the case. I mean, there are, of course, there are weaknesses. Um, uh, there, there are weaknesses that can be ignored. I'm talking about an individual now um, because, yeah, just do something else. Like, for, for example, me personally, I'm very bad at sports. So, okay, so I just I don't become a professional football player. Very simple. And yeah. it's also not something I want to do. And I shouldn't focus uh, on this weakness in my life. Um, but there are the, 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 the weaknesses, something that r- really shapes, shaped who, who you are or something that is really unique to you. And often it's not a weakness. It's something neutral. It can be a weakness because you are just in the wrong environment. In this environment, this is a weakness. Or you are making use of this trait or feature in the wrong way that's why it's a weakness but you could just shift it to um into a different environment and there it will be a strength and the the difficult part is is to find out which weakness could actually be a very powerful strength um in a different environment yeah and i'm curious how now that you're back in switzerland how are you taking that idea and applying it to the work that you're doing here? Um, that's a very good question. I'm not there yet. I don't know. So I'm in the, in the creation part or creativity part uh, <laughs> or phase, let's put it this way. Um, but what I, I really want to do is I want to bring this youth from slums, the Nainami guys, and the work they do, and um, the change they went through, um, I want to bring this to Switzerland. I want to build this bridge, and I want to connect them with disadvantaged youth here in Switzerland. And I don't know how, um, but I know it could be very fruitful because we have all so a lot of disadvantaged youth here in Switzerland, they struggle in life. They don't know what to do, but in a completely different way. They are not, there are no street children in Switzerland, but they struggle in a different way. But I think if I could, if I will find a way to connect these two worlds online on Zoom or Skype or whatever, these two worlds um, could co-create something amazing and both sides could benefit from this. But I'm not there yet. I think this is an amazing idea and I really, really look forward to hearing how it's going to evolve. Thank you. Yeah, I hope so. There will be something to evolve. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's something that, at least as far as I know, hasn't been done before. Yeah, I cannot think of an other idea. Yeah, but you never know. Maybe it already exists. Let's see. Well, you're you're going to create your version of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, one thing that I wanted to ask you is that I feel that there's a lot of people who very beautifully so want to make a positive difference on the planet, 
but they feel too overwhelmed to even kind of approach that task because they feel like they have to, you know, impact thousands of people or they just feel discouraged for some reason. So I feel that what you have done has definitely created a positive impact. And I'm just curious to hear from you what kind of advice you'd give to someone who who really wants to make a positive difference but feels stuck. Mm -hmm. Yes, a very, very good question. Um, first of all, um, just be aware you don't have to do this. <laughs> so you don't have to make a difference. It's only you telling yourself that you have to do this. Um, that it's pressure you put on yourself. Um, it's okay, but just be aware it's you. Nobody else is telling you this. Um, and this should be the basis. So it's the decision you make. Okay, I want to create change. And then the second question you should ask yourself is, is why? Where does it come from? And this is a question, usually it cannot be answered uh, within a few minutes. Um, it takes time. And me personally, I still don't know 100% why I did this with Nainami. Um, but these two things is you, you don't have to, but you want to, okay. And now why do you want to do this? When you find out this, it will actually lead you to the right target group, to the right environment, and to the right subject. And just do it step by step, slowly, slowly, because also Nainami is, is, is very small. I'm not changing the world. I'm just putting a seed somewhere, and it's more about quality than quantity. But in the end, what is quantity? I mean, um, who, who creates real big change? Nobody. You could. Um, you can actually be very uh, um, sarcastic. For example, um, Mandela. He changed South Africa and a bit the world, but he didn't. But you could also say now it comes quantity. Okay, there is uh, South Africa was one, is one country out of almost two hundred countries in the world. So it's only one out of two hundred. So it's nothing. So if you if you look at it in quantity, you you can only fail. So that's why I'm saying focus <laughs> on quality and just plant your yeah. seeds somewhere. Yeah, and I think I think that's great advice. And also, I mean, just looking at your example, in some ways you started quite small, but even by focusing on the quality, now your idea is starting to grow slowly but surely and has the potential to positive, positively affect more people. Yes, true. That's, an, that's a very important point you are mentioning. Um, I forgot to, to, to mention is that something um, I would like to add. So it's the real impact happens, uh, or, or in my case, is after you leave. So as I said, you plant the seed, but there are the ripple effects. So maybe in the end, maybe it was just there to inspire one specific person. And this will be the person who will then create the next big thing. Uh, but maybe I was just the last, Nainami was just the last part in this process. You never know. That's why I'm saying I wouldn't focus on quantity from, begin from the beginning. Um, 
do what feels right for yourself, focus on the quality, and that's it. And the rest, uh, nature <laughs> will take care of. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thank you so much as well for saying, um, talking about pressure and the pressure we put on ourselves, because I feel that quite often it's that kind of pressure, the kind of this artificial pressure that keeps us from from taking creative risks. Absolutely. So the only thing you have to do is you have to exist. You have to live. <laughs> That's the only thing you ha really must do because otherwise you would be dead. And the rest <laughs> yeah. is self-made. Um, like uh, you, you have a responsibility towards yourself. Take care of yourself first uh, because you have to be aligned. You have to be in... Uh, You have to live in a healthy environment and you have to be okay. Otherwise, you cannot create change or nothing new can, uh, uh, can evolve because otherwise you will be too busy with yourself and fixing stuff. Um, so take care of yourself first. And once you are feeling okay, then you are ready. Then you have the power. Then you have all the energy um, to 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 focus outwards and to create something yeah absolutely um so john marco you are full of just wonderful advice and guidance even though we haven't reached the end of our interview yet i just feel like this is a really good time to bring up that you have a seminar coming up in a couple of weeks for anybody who's in the Zurich area. So do you just want to share a little bit about that? And also for the listeners, there's going to be information for that in the show notes, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to speak about it a little bit. Yes. In the seminar, what I'm, um, I really want to do in this seminar is like to tell people the truth. Like it, Because time often is limited and people ask some questions, um, same in this podcast. And I have to talk about the nice things of Nainami. And of course, it's straightforward. I come straight to the point. Otherwise, it would take five hours. Um, but if uh, people might think now I'm an adventurer, I'm a risk taker, I'm a very spontaneous person, I just go to the slums of Nairobi meeting criminal youth building a business there. Yeah, of course, in <laughs> hindsight, when you connect the dots, you can tell the story like this. But in this seminar, I really want to show people that actually everybody can do this because me personally, I'm risk averse. I plan everything. Um, I'm uh, extending my comfort zone slowly, slowly, step by step. Uh, I'm not really an adventurer. And I really inspire people with my story that they see that it's actually quite boring and simple if you want to do a similar thing. So you cannot... Of course, if you want to do it in a different field or with a different topic, you cannot just copy my steps, but at least you will see, hey, this guy is more risk averse than myself. And um, I will, so I want to show people the truth and I will also um, give them some advice or small exercises how they can find out 
what in which place in which environment or with which topic they want to create something new like where how do they find out where their passion and purpose lies in which field like small exercises and eventually how to get there step by step yeah um i was gonna say i feel like a big piece of your work is also supporting people with learning how they can uncover their life's purpose is that would that be an accurate way to describe it also yes um i'm i try to avoid the the term purpose because it's mm. overused nowadays yeah. it's really like passion purpose finding yeah. passion purpose um but of course there is no i i don't have a better word for it either so um so what i purpose is something that is really deep and it's definitely not linked to uh, happiness or something like this so purpose is something you feel obliged to do there is actually pressure coming from the inside and this is the there is where you from the purpose you can you can draw from your resilience you um motivation not giving up um being self confident standing your point all this comes from purpose this is the source the fun part is passion so which tasks which people um which environment is the right one and what's my the perfect role um for me in in which role will i act this is passion side and the the, the question is how can you find your usually your passion you know it it's easy to find out your passion and often it's that the purpose in is hidden somewhere there and you have to find mm. both and then you can connect it and this is what i achieved with nine army so i'm telling you it's not fun to work most of the times it's not fun to build something like nine army a business with with this type of youth it would be much easier to do it with of course with a friend from switzerland a close friend it would be much easier um but the purpose would be missing and so i can draw from the purpose when i struggle with these youth at the beginning it was hard but the purpose gave me the energy and the power to do this um and the passion was to create to create the business the passion was to 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 have good times with these guys the passion was uh, to see the impact to develop the tour to all these things to be creative but the, the hard part for yourself is, is to find the place where you can have both purpose and passion aligned or connected yeah um so this this might be might be jumping a little bit but I still wanted to um touch on something that you shared which is and which I also saw on the Nainami website which is how um the coronavirus measures have essentially destroyed your business model which um I think that's also just from a creative perspective that's such an interesting thing to have happened to you that in a way you have to start over which I know you didn't you didn't entirely start over. You just kind of reinvented it. But I'd love to hear more about that process. 
Yes, of course. Um, so it, as you can imagine, we, we offer a storytelling experience, a tour in, in the city center of Nairobi. Um, and we are, our business model is 100% dependent on tourists. And the current pandemic, uh, yeah, it destroys the whole business model because there are no tourists, literally zero yeah. since March. And uh, we are an, an, an official business, so we have to make revenue. Otherwise, we go bankrupt. And we had to act immediately. So already in uh, March, um, we shifted to online tours, meaning that... Um, you can now book the Nainami storytelling experience um, on our website, but it will be online. So the guys will be um, in Nairobi with their selfie sticks and phones, and they will share their story. They will show you around and, and introduce themselves and, and share their life stories with you online while you are sitting at home. Uh, it's not the same experience, of course. It's not in person. It's not uh, in Nairobi itself. But at least it's a very unique um, experience you could do. You can do in one hour online from your home at your convenience, and uh, this gives this helps uh, at least to to close the gap a bit. Uh, but it will not make up for. Uh, for all the loss and um another thing uh, i'm i was quite su not not surprised but um i was super happy to hear that these guys they came up with this idea themselves that they are now helping the most vulnerable people in uh, the Matare slum, where they are from, in their community during the pandemic because they have no tours, meaning they have now um, all the time and resources to help in the community. And this is actually what they do. And I'm talking here, they, they are really doing it on a big level. Like they... They distribute food packages, sanitizers, masks um, to real uh, disadvantaged families. Um, they distribute um, nappies to single moms. Uh, they and they did it to thousands of people already. Wow! And we received uh, donations from our previous clients, and this is how we can keep this alive. And they come up with more and more initiatives. And it's really nice to see this, that they develop this initiative themselves. So they are not just chilling now and um, idling. Uh, they are really using all their time and resources to help everywhere they can. And the newest thing they just launched is a street kitchen for uh, street children to feed the street children. Because now the most vulnerable people, they suffer the most from this pandemic yeah. because it, this pandemic is, especially in such places, it's an uh, um, economic crisis. So you, you don't know how to feed yourself anymore. And uh, this is where they step in now. But also the donations, we run out of don donations now, but we are trying to keep it alive and post it on our social media channels step by step. And the third thing is, this will be together with me, how can we bring Nainami to Switzerland? And what I mentioned before, create a new business model between Switzerland and uh, Nairobi. Yeah, which is so cool. And maybe that's going to... Um 
that's really one of the places where it was meant to go all along. And um, this situation may have sped up that process. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and usually this is ex- ex- actually what it does. So a crisis like a pandemic, is it, it accelerates everything. So you yeah, just... True. Um, so otherwise you would be still in the same... Uh, we would just focus on the tours, getting more clients, but then you become lazy, not, not necessarily lazy, um, busy-wise, but you become lazy uh, on a mental level. So what uh, cre- this creativity part and developing new ideas in, in, in my world, it can only happen if you feel the pressure, if you have to change immediately, if, if, if a new factor comes in. It's so true. It's, it can be such a blessing in disguise. And I have to say, um, some of the times when I've been most uncomfortable in my life have been where I've created the biggest changes and, and the biggest positive changes. Yes, it's usually the case for most people. It's very true. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. crises can be a blessing for some people. Yeah. Yeah. So we're almost nearing the end of our interview. Um, and before we do the quick fire round, I, I still wanted to hear from you. And, and all of this information is going to be in the show notes. But um, where can the listeners go to learn more about your work and Nainami? So any websites or social media handles? Yes. So our, um, our website is um, nai-nami.com. Mm-hmm. And um, there you can find everything. You can also f- find the links to our um, Facebook page, to our Instagram account, where you can see the the work they are doing in the community, which I just mentioned. And on our website, you can also book the online experience, or you can support Nainami if you if you want to contribute something. And um, otherwise. You can always reach out to me personally. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, and you will also find my email in the show notes. So don't be shy if you have questions, if you want to know more, or if you, I'm available because I love to build bridges. I'm a networker also. I, I like to uh, meet new people. So of course, I will be happy to assist and provide more information. That's really, really generous of you, John Marco. And um, yeah, I can say, I mean, you're really a wealth of information. So that's, that's really generous of you. Thank you. It's my passion, the passion mm. I mentioned before. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And I also, I just want to point out to the listeners that um, the Nainami website is, is truly beautiful and inspiring. And I have to say, every time I go on there, I'm almost moved to tears by... Um, just what's written on it and also um, the videos they're just so inspiring and yeah <laughs> I just wanted Thank to you say very that much <laughs> yeah definitely Happy to hear. definitely really it, it's really a website that touches your heart nice thank you <laughs> yeah you're welcome um, so you ready for the quick fire round Jen yeah Marco? of course yeah Okay, so the first question is, what is your favorite creativity-inspiring snack? Snack? Hmm. Mm. My, ooh, that's a good question. 
uh, coffee. It's not a snack. Mine, mine is coffee as well. I, I think we can consider it a snack. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the second question, which maybe I already know the answer to it, is um, chocolate or coffee? Yeah, it's uh, definitely coffee. Zurich or Nairobi? Zurich. When is your peak creative time? In the morning, afternoon, evening, or at night? At night between 1 and 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Ever since, always. You're the first night owl I've had on the podcast. Yeah, I'm extreme. I'm wow. My rhythm is 12 hours shifted. Yeah, it's often a problem. <laughs> It's so funny you say this. This is a bit off topic, but we have this architecture office in front of our house here. And mm -hmm. my mom was just telling me that online it says their business hours, they start at midnight. And she told me how she's actually seen the lights go on at midnight in that office. Wow. <laughs> Which That's, is I have wild. to talk. I have to apply there. <laughs> <laughs> Be the perfect working spot for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, back, back to the quick fire round. Um, yeah. What kind of music stirs your creativity? No music. What feeds your creative soul? Um, it's what feeds my creative soul is um, be holding the space as long as possible together with the, with the people I want to develop something. Like mm -hmm. just being in the space staying there until something comes up without expectations. What does creativity mean to you? Creativity means to me that you are aware of which idea is worth testing and you actually also test it. <laughs> 